episode 53 of the Tactical Breakdown Podcast. Today we're talking about the knowledge you didn't know you had. Let's go. Welcome to the Tactical Breakdown. A podcast for law enforcement, military, and emergency response professionals. Stand by. Where we help you bridge the gap and talk training, tactics, and leadership with the best subject matter experts in the world. Here is your host, Adam Kanakin. All right, we're back on Tactical Breakdown. Thanks so much for being here. As always, really appreciate the support. Can't thank you enough. And if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, make sure to do so because we're starting something new coming next week which is going to be every Saturday. We're going to be belt feeding you some training from our ILET Summit series, which is going to be sessions that we ran for the International Law Enforcement Training Summit, as well as segments from other events that we're going to be running in 2020 and 2021. So Saturdays, 15 minutes. It's literally a punch in the face of training and knowledge. We're going to take the best pieces from the summit and we're going to give it to you in audio form here on the podcast. So I hope you're excited for that. And uh, if you have any other suggestions on what we should be doing with the podcast, please feel free to reach out to me, reach out Adam at the breakdown.ca, shoot me an email directly. And uh, I'd love to hear from you and hear your thoughts on what you think we should be sharing on the tactical breakdown. All right. Today's episode is with my friend, Adam Wills. This is actually an excerpt from an interview I did for the Public Safety Innovators podcast, which is Adam's podcast. But I thought it was so important that I really wanted to share this information with you. And we talk all about transitioning, taking your knowledge and your experience and your expertise, whether it's from law enforcement, from the military, as a first responder, and taking that knowledge and transitioning it into a civilian occupation or starting your own business because that's something that both he and I have done but that's uh it's really interesting and I I wanted to share this conversation that we had with you so I hope you enjoy it and uh let's jump right into this conversation I had with Adam here we go because we need to get better training out there and the only way to do that is to talk to each other and it doesn't matter where you are in the country if you're in a different country It's all about communication. And if there's one thing that I want people listening to this podcast, whether it's on the tactical breakdown or it's on your podcast, I want them to remember that this open communication and collaboration is really what's going to change the way we do training moving forward. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, there's something to be said for that because you, like you said, we're all very direct. That's just kind of our personality type. As some would say type A, right? Um, and I, I like to summarize that by saying your vibe attracts your tribe, right? And so um, the way you communicate uh, is going to attract like-minded people. Yeah, absolutely. So I, 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 uh, I, I actually get that quite a bit because my, my main business um, is not this podcast. Uh, maybe at some point it will pay some bills, but right now it doesn't. Um, but, uh, my main business is actually as a, a marketing strategist. And so, um, I work with and coach, uh, businesses in their marketing strategy. And then I help them apply that marketing strategy and, and marketing messaging, uh, that we come up with to their websites and sales funnels. And specifically, I work with companies that are in the public safety, private security space. And the interesting thing is, 
when I first started doing that full time, because it was actually a business that I used to do even on the side uh, when I was still in law enforcement. Um, when I started doing this full time, uh, I was kind of a generalist. I would just work with you know whoever, right? If there was a client that needed my services and would pay me money, I would work for them. And as as things moved forward, um, I started to focus on that niche of public safety and private security. And as I did my vibe attracted my tribe. And I had people that would tell me, well, you know, we've worked with all these other people and uh, could never get what we needed. And, and, you know, they would flat out just say, oh, they're all a bunch of snowflakes. Uh, (laughs) And unfortunately in the marketing industry, there's, there, there is a lot of that. Um, And, uh, but people were like, well, you understand what we're trying to do. You understand what we're trying to say and how to communicate it and who to communicate it to. And, um, it's, you're absolutely right. You know, it's, it's, uh, uh, your vibe attracts your tribe. And, um, when you just, uh, are genuine and you communicate with people in a genuine manner, uh, you're going to find that people are pretty open and pretty, uh, interested in helping, helping each other. Yeah. I mean this, and this goes into a conversation about, you know, whether you're active duty or you're transitioning or you're a veteran member, whether it's law enforcement or the military, there's there's a conversation to be had about what skill sets do you have? Cause a lot of guys and girls are out there that are like, especially right now, like, Ugh, can I, should I get out of this? Should I, should I ditch the uniform? Should I go into the private sector and, and do something different right now? Because right now my job sucks. That's a lot. That's a conversation I have a lot. And you're 1000% correct on everything that you said. And the other thing that I would add to that is as an individual officer, even if you've only been on for a year, two years, five years, you have skill sets that set you apart from the vast majority of the population. Absolutely. And so I I would say, I, I, and I don't want to just sit here and, uh, you know, pump people's tires, but every single person listening to this has skills that are applicable in business. And, you know, there's a reason why the vast majority of fortune 500 companies have veterans as C-level executives. It's because we know how to lead. We know how to get shit done. Like you had said, give me a target, give me something to reach and I'll get there for you. Right. Give me the freedom to accomplish my task and I'll get you there. That's, that's really what sets us apart. Law enforcement officers are some of the best problem solvers in the world. I don't think we give ourselves enough credit in this industry to say, how do I apply? How would I apply the skill set in something else? There's obviously very simple and, and direct correlations between law enforcement and the private security field. Right. And you and I, I mean, that's that's kind of bread and butter for us. We know a lot about that. But there's a lot of people that don't realize that just because you were in law enforcement doesn't mean you don't have skills in a completely different industry. And like you had said, it's, it's about your mindset. It's about your attitude, your behaviors, your, the way you process information and your ability to get to a result without having to jump through 20,000 hoops to get there. Right. It's usually, how do I, if I get to a call, it's how do I get how do I resolve this as as fast as possible so I could either move on to the next or I can get to my break or whatever it is. That's a skill set that a lot of people don't have. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, 
just letting people understand that when you're talking about transitioning to the, the private sector or starting a business or doing something different, man, you got so many, you got such a leg up on other people. I don't think a lot of people understand. Yeah, it's very true. And I can say that I, I in fact, did not fully realize that even until after I was out of law enforcement. I didn't give myself enough credit for that because when I left law enforcement after having been in it for nearly 15 years, you know, I thought to myself, well, you know, how, how is this, how are my skills in law enforcement going to apply right now? I, I just happen to have this, um, uh, business on the side, if you will. I started building websites back in the, the late nineties and, um, kind of, Kept it as a hobby for a while, picked it back up uh, in recent years. And then um, so there was there was that obvious transition for me, but it took me a good year uh, before I was able to respond to this one question that people would ask me. I would I would have these new clients or, or potential clients, whatever, and they would ask me, they're like, oh, wait, so you went from law enforcement to uh, doing marketing strategy. Like how, how did you do that? Like, and it took me a while to like, I I innately understood that, Hey, I know this stuff and I can do it well, but, but explaining that to people was difficult for me. And then it, it just dawned on me one day and why I'm good as a copywriter and a marketer, because in my law enforcement career, I was a wordsmith, right? So when I was, when I was working the street, I'd write a, killer report. You know, I could write a good report, a good affidavit because my purpose in that report and that affidavit was to be a persuasive writer. I was trying to persuade the district attorney to prosecute my case. I was trying to persuade the would-be defense attorney to not take it to trial, right? And then when I became an administrator, I was writing press releases and I was working with the media and I was doing persuasive writing. And so that was that was kind of the the trigger point for me. I said to people, you know what? That's why I'm able to do this now coming from where I was because I have a background of 15 years of experience as a persuasive writer. And and that does correlate and there's so many other examples that you can go off of just like you said. I mean, there's just so many things. There's so many skill sets because way back earlier in the show, um maybe 20 minutes in, you had mentioned how um, there, there's not another profession in the world that demands as much from people as law enforcement does. I mean, you have to have such a broad array of skill sets and those skill sets apply in, in the private sector in, in so many different ways. Um, and I guess I, I would leave that in this, we could call it a shameless plug, but it's not intended to be really. Um, I, I want to help anybody that's out there listening to the show, because there are so many law enforcement officers that leave their career, even in good years, unlike 2020, um, that leave their, their law enforcement career to pursue a business, whether that's in, you know, consulting and coaching, uh, based upon a skill that they trained and, and, and instructed people on in their law enforcement career, or just starting their own business, doing, doing things like what I'm doing or, um, making some really killer coffee or, you know, whatever it may be, it can be a scary process. And it's hard to know what your first step is and what the next step is after that, because, working in the government sector versus being on your own and starting your business, they're very different and it can feel scary. And I've been through that process. And really my heart is, I just want to help people overcome that because I love cops. 
I love the career. And I think that there, there, there truly is a life after law enforcement. Um, and I learned a lot of things that I didn't do right in my first year of business, but I also learned a lot of things that I, I did do right. And that if I could replicate, I would, um, I was able to go from, uh, nothing to a six figure business in a year. And, um, I, I would love to help anybody else that is in that phase right now where they're thinking, Hey, I, I, I'm maybe it's time for me to go. And I've always had this business idea in the back of my mind. And how do I pursue it? Uh, you know, even if it's just a, a quick phone call to give some free advice or an email or whatever, uh, I, I would love to be able to do that for people. And you guys can just email me, uh, at Adam at psi.chat. That's the, the podcast email, Adam at psi.chat. Um, and we can connect there and I'd, I'd love to help you out. Regardless of what podcast you're listening to this on, all these links will be in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll put that, we'll put that in there once. Uh, so we'll, that we'll you know, see who's more thorough. <laughs> that not be me. Um, <laughs> just, my, my show notes is just going to be like one link. Uh, yeah, go, go here. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, now it's a competition. Who could have the most minimalized show notes for the episode? Um, I think that's fantastic. I love that resource. I don't do a ton of business consulting on my end uh, for the simple fact that I'm still in the process of figuring that all that out too, right? Um, what I would say from my perspective on this is find something that you have a passion for. And that's that really yeah. has to be it. I had a discussion yesterday. It was all about like what what things have I come, you know, issues that I've had with uh, building this out from start to finish, right? With the summits, with the podcast, and everything. If I've ever had any hard times doing it, and and yeah, like there was a lot of there was a lot of months where it was it was tough to make ends meet. But at the end of the day, I was so passionate about what I was doing that I was like, I'm just going to make this work. Like I'm going to make it work. And you know, that, and, and what you had said about like your vibe attracts your tribe. It's, it's kind of the same thing when you're building your business. It's if you, if you show passion in what you're doing, people pick up on that. When you have that phone yeah. call with somebody, they pick up on that passion in your voice that you're excited about having that conversation with them and then it gets them excited and then you're more likely to close this. That's just, I mean, and you could break this down into sales tactics and stuff, but sales tactics are based off of psychology, right? Yes, they are. It's just about how do I convey that raw emotion to somebody? And, you know, everybody listening to this took training on how to communicate and, you know, what I say isn't nearly as important as how I say it. So, if I convey that excitement, if I convey that passion about what I'm talking about, what I'm getting involved with, what I'm building, people are like, yeah, man, that, that sounds awesome. Like, how, how do I help? How do I get involved? And again, going back to this whole community of that we're in, in law enforcement, in military, in emergency response, this truly is a community. And aside from one or two outliers, everybody is so freaking supportive. Everybody I know is like, yeah, what can I do to help? And you know what? I'm no different. If you guys listening to this, reach out to me. I'm no different. I, I'm happy to help you out in any way that I can. And it's because I'm passionate about what I do, which is 
making this industry better, making training better, helping out law enforcement and, and other emergency responders around the world. That's what I'm passionate about. And so for me, it's easy. Right. And so I'm, and I know you're the same way when we first talked, it was the same conversation. It's like, we tell, we clicked right away because we're both just excited about what we're doing. Right. It's like, we're two dudes sitting in our houses, just recording a phone conversation, (laughs) not getting paid, literally doing like not getting anything out of this other than getting to have a conversation, but we're both passionate and excited about it. And you're drinking a beer right now. (laughs) (laughs) I, we're I, we're at a minute and fifth, an hour and fifteen. I finished that about an hour and ten minutes. Oh. <laughs> you didn't go get another one, man. I would have paused the recording. <laughs> I did not prepare correctly. Uh, <laughs> so, that's what I would say, man. That's what I would add on to that. A, a thousand percent echo what you had said, but I would add that if you are going to branch out to do something, um, obviously, listen, don't go and jump into something if you're not you know, financially secure enough to like, you know, pay your mortgage and put food on the table. But at the same time, if there is, if you do have enough there um, or you're a, here's the thing. Fun fact. I started this while I was working full-time. I had two different jobs. I was working full-time and I started doing this podcast and this training and I did it as an add-on to what I was already doing. Right. It didn't cost me anything. I bootstrapped it. I bargained basement hunted. Um, you know, bought things off of like Craigslist. Uh, well, in Canada, we use like Kijiji and Facebook Marketplace. Oh, what? Yeah, it's, it's like yeah, it's it's like it's like Craigslist. We also have Craigslist, but nobody <laughs> uses Craigslist. But basically, buying stuff as low as I could, and obviously, depending on what issue you're getting into, you may not you, this may not even be applicable to you remotely. But for anybody listening to this who wants to start a podcast, like I started um, with less than a hundred dollars worth of equipment total, plus a laptop. That was it. Yeah. And that was pretty much my first 10 months worth of podcasting. Um, and now obviously I've been able to advance it and get new fancier equipment that just maybe makes you sound a little bit better. But at the end of the day, I may sound better, but really what people tune into is the the content they tune into. What are we sharing? What knowledge are they getting out of this? And so what I would say is, I mean, I know you and I had this discussion about like with the podcasting, um, you know, if, if you have people that are listening to this and they miss some time or they go away and they come back and find you, they don't care that they were gone for three months, six months, a year. They're coming back because of the content. They're not coming back because you got a better mic and you sound better in their ears. Right. And so that's, I think you can take that and extrapolate it to almost anything that we're talking about in any industry is that don't worry about trying to make things look pretty. Because you're not a specialist at making things look pretty. As an officer, you're not a specialist at making things look pretty. You're a specialist at getting things done and getting them done correctly. And that is really your strength, regardless of what industry you're looking at getting in. So don't don't worry about that. Worry about delivering what it is that you specialize in. And everything else is going to follow from that. Yeah, absolutely. Can't agree more. And, you know, early on when, when you have a smaller audience, uh, and not, not just for podcasting, but for anything, right. Um, you, you can make a lot more mistakes, um, cause nobody's paying attention, right. <laughs> um, I made, I've made a lot of mistakes myself, um, that, uh, you know, people now that come across either my podcast or whether it's my business, they, they wouldn't have any idea the, the mistakes I made because they weren't, they weren't necessarily around for them, right? The audience grows over time. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's really interesting. Um, I had a, somebody reach out to me for the first time they reached out to me and they sent me an email. They said, I just listened to your podcast and I got so much out of it that I just have to say, like, I'm, I'm excited to subscribe and I want to get in. I want to be involved with everything that you're doing. And I'm like, awesome, man. What, what episode did you listen to? It was the very first episode that I did. Oh. <laughs> so not like, not like the first, the first episode was like an intro to the podcast. It was like five minutes, but the actual yeah. first interview that I did with my buddy Grant, which was really just, it was kind of the same idea as this is we literally just got, we were like, I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. He's like, can I be your guest? I'm like, sure. We talked about just like dealing with stress at home, right? Did and at work and at home and, and dealing with stress. Yeah. He's like, I got so much out of that. And I, I personally hate that episode. I hate it because I'm now a perfectionist. So like, I'm like, Oh, the audio, like I can barely listen to it. Um, you know, all of the editing, just brutal. Uh, you know, it was just bad on all fronts from a production perspective, but they, the, what he cued in on was the information and what we were actually talking about. And that's, and again, that's the most important thing. So, you know, moving forward from that, I mean, I haven't really, really cared too much recently, but, uh, about how things sound, it's more about getting the content out, but especially now, since I got that email from him, my focus is a hundred percent going to be on, can I just get the information out to people? Right. So what if the audio sucks a little bit or it's different? It's, it's all about getting the, the information out there. And it's the same thing in training, right? It's about the quality of your training. It's not about how fancy you make your training look. Yeah. Yeah. You just gotta, you gotta show up and you gotta, you gotta do quality work. So what do you got? What's, uh, what's coming up next in, in your world, man? What do you, what do you got going on with, uh, with the company and everything like that? I know we talked a bit about, um, you know, I put you in touch there with, uh, Yale, um, Yale's yeah, awesome. yep. she's going to be actually on our round table that we're running at the end of the month. We're doing a, a instructor's round table that we do every month. It's a live broadcast from six to nine central, uh, four to seven Pacific. It's a live Q and a with four instructors. And this month we're talking about using social media and the internet uh, for law enforcement. Um, and obviously she's an expert. She used to be the director of social for the NYPD. We also have an investigator on there. We have officers that are their own, like they are, have their own personal accounts that are very, very popular um, and talking all about everything from having social media as an individual officer to utilizing social media for your agency to use it, utilizing social media for investigations. Um, it's, it's going to be a really interesting talk, but yeah, I know I put Yale in touch with you there um, because a lot of what you do is also kind of works in with what, what she's doing. So I, I was really, really excited to be able to do that. Yeah. It was kind of interesting is we actually talked a little bit about uh, what it might look like um, outside of, the podcast specifically, but, um, to, to sort of partner in some ways, um, if the opportunity arises, cause I, I have clients that ask me for help with social media all the time and I hate social media and I'm terrible at it myself. And so, um, and, and quite frankly, I don't really do much with social media, uh, even for my business because, uh, most of my, my work is referral based and, um, I don't, I don't really go out seeking business via social media. So I'm terrible at it and I hate doing it. And I don't ever see myself, uh, changing my mind about that. And so I told her, I said, you know, I, I'd love to have somebody to be able to, um, help people out when I need to. And so we talked a little bit about that, but, uh, yeah, she's going to be on my podcast. Actually, I think 
I think she'll be the episode after this one. I, I've got to refresh my memory on that, but um, really looking forward to that interview. I've got, a, a, honestly, I, it's been such a blessing starting this podcast, you know, and I dove into it. I was really kind of unsure. Um, I made the decision to do it, started putting all the, fu- the, the groundwork together, uh, laying the foundation without really knowing whether or not I was even going to be able to find anybody to come on the show. <laughs> you know, I had a couple ideas, but I hadn't really sought out those invitations yet. And, uh, the response has been overwhelming, uh, in six episodes now, um, we've had over 4,000 downloads. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I've had guests that are reaching out to me. I think we're booked out right now through, uh, the end of November. Uh, with interviews two two every week uh, every Thursday, um, and so there's some really awesome things coming up that I'm really excited to share. Uh, and you know, I, I just kind of want to let it let it go naturally where the audience takes it. Uh, you know, and start that's that's one thing I'd like to start getting a little bit more feedback from the audience. I I, I uh, I've had a little bit, but. I think maybe that's one of the big struggles that every podcaster has is getting feedback from their audience. Um, but you know, I just want to, I want to put out good content for people that they're interested in that, uh, really my focus and goal is on encouraging, uh, people in law enforcement and, and probably more specifically those that are instructors or, or leaders in their law enforcement agency, as well as those in the private security sector to just think outside the box and try new things, um, hear about new ideas, um, and try to connect people, uh, with those innovators that I have on the show. Um, and so I don't know, maybe down the road, uh, I've, I've thought about trying to come up with some sort of a, um, a platform where I can connect those people together and uh, uh, foster some some deeper communication about ideas, um, but that's that's down the road, and I don't I don't really know. Like I said, I want to I want to allow the audience to take the show naturally where it needs to go. And I mean, a lot of that's going to come from from your head too, right? It's what's what's top of mind. Um, what I do is I like to reach out to people. And if they're an expert in their space, I say, what's, what's on the top of your mind right now, man? Like, what do you want to talk about? And, um, and that's where we start the conversations and because it, it allows people to, to share what they're passionate about. And again, it comes again, it go, I keep, it keep seems to be a, a pretty consistent theme about being passionate about what you're talking about. That's kind of one of the beautiful things about our, our podcast on our end. Um, is because we're dealing with instructors. So like, especially when we run a round table, it's funny. Um, I'm like, okay, it's going to be three hours. They're like, Oh, three hours is a kind of a long time. And I'm like, you'd think that, but when you have five people that talk for a living, um, talk <laughs> like one topic, like it goes by every single time we're done. People are like, Oh, that was, that was three hours. Like I, there's so much more I want to talk about. Um, and so it's funny because that's, that's how it happens, right? You, you have people that are in the same space as you in, and they want to share that information. Um, I think you're, I think you're queued up to, to have a lot of success with, with your podcast. And I'm excited to be able to support Thank you, you. In, uh, in any way I can, man. I'm excited for you. I appreciate that. Why don't you uh, tell me what's going on with the, the islets? Like you have big plans for next year to do this again, or you, uh, uh, or, or is that, that a dead thing now? I hope not. <laughs> I got too many plans. That's my problem. I got about 87 
Irons in the fire. No. So here's the deal. So I, I, I didn't imagine you just let it go. No. So here's the thing. Islet was a huge success. It was, it was a trial run to see if, if that model worked for getting information out. And it did. We had um, over 10,000 officers from 76 countries attend. So it was, it was awesome. And That's a, really lot cool. of, a lot of agencies are, uh, one of the things that we rolled out was this partner program. So if you're listening to this right now and you're wondering how you're going to get training into your agency, one of the things that we did with the ILET Summit was we took all of the training content, the 70 plus hours of video training, we put it onto the platform and we're basically selling it to agencies at cost. So it's minimal dollars and I'm talking like a few dollars per officer and it's all up on the platform and uh, they're able to access it for that cost lifetime. So if they want their entire agency to jump on, um, it's nice. just a couple bucks an officer because that's what it costs to just put them on the platform itself to host it there. And uh, all that information is there for them. So that's that's kind of how things started post-event. And since then, obviously, we're planning to do ILET 2021. So we'll do the same kind of concept next year. But in the interim, we've had a lot of organizations reach out and ask, like, can you help us take our in-person conference that got shut down? And can you put that online? And yeah. one of the things that I specialize in is training development and, and building out those types of platforms. And so I was like, why not? I absolutely like, why not facilitate this for people that, that can't do it themselves? So we're actually going to be running a handful of events before I let next year. Um, and I don't want to, like, I'm not going to break down every single one of them, but I'll give you an idea. So um, I had mentioned ILFE. So the International Association of Law Enforcement Firearms Instructors. Their conference is going to be ILFE online. That's taking place in the first week of December. So that's all about firearms training. There's going to be the National Emergency Responder Conference coming up at the end of November, which is going to be for any first responder. It's a two-day course, and it's going to be all about mental health and wellness for first responders. We are in the process of putting together the International Summit on Counter-Sex Trafficking so this one came about because we had uh, one of my buddies, Jeff Teagues, who's former Delta, came on uh, and talked, did a two and a half hour presentation on counter sex trafficking for the ILET Summit. And that one got a ton of feedback. A lot of people wanted more information. So we ran a three hour roundtable um, with him and two other experts. And that was packed. And we had a whole bunch more feedback for that. And so we were like, why not put together a full summit on this? So uh, that's going to be rolled out probably in January, but it's going to have experts and instructors from the FBI, the DEA, um, U.S. Marshals. Uh, we have some U AUSAs, uh, the RCMP, Interpol, um, and uh, a few other agencies from around the world all talking about the same idea, which is counter sex trafficking and how it's applicable for law enforcement, not only on investigations, but also for NGOs, we have a lot of NGOs that are going to be taking part. A lot of uh, ex-special forces and a lot of ex-law enforcement officers that work for NGOs are going to be taking part. And that's going to be a really, really cool uh, event that we're putting together because no one's ever done one on counter-sex trafficking uh, in, this yeah. format, in this format before. So that one is that going to be more... Um, there's going to be parts of that that are going to be restricted. So um, portions of that event are actually going to be locked off to law enforcement only. So we're going to have to vet your credentials um, and there's going to be some hoops to jump through to get access to it. Um, and obviously that's because of the sensitivity of the content and because we'll have some undercover um, and people that are actively in doing investigations right now uh, taking part. But so there's, there's that event. 
Um, and then we're doing one on tactical medicine. We're doing one on search and rescue. Uh, we're going to be doing one on drone tech later next year. Uh, so there's so many, and, and I mean, there's, there's a handful more, um, but that's just kind of the ones that are coming up very soon. And, um, and yeah, essentially what, what we've put together is this platform where if, if you have an agency and organization, then you don't know how to get your training online. Um, we don't, we don't do it for everybody. Like it's not, um, we're not, it's not like a company where it's like, we'll take anybody and, and run any event. That's not what we do. We specialize in law enforcement training and training for emergency responders because there are a lot of different considerations when it comes to getting that information out and accessible to active duty and through agencies and especially through like firewalls and having to go through chains of command for, uh, you know, to get speakers on and to all those types of things. So we, we specialize in that space and it's really a one-on-one where I'll sit down and I'll talk to them like, what do you want to accomplish with this event? And if I can help them, I'll do it. And if I can't, then I'll, pe- I'll point them in the direction of somebody that can. Um, and that's, and that's kind of what this whole, uh, podcast has and, and events have transitioned into is this ability for me to facilitate all of these training conferences, um, year over year. So pretty excited, uh, to be able to do that. So did you, did you have this idea for the summit prior to COVID or was this a, a brainchild of, of the COVID circumstances? When you did this year's summit, obviously. That's a great question. And the reason is because it was actually put together before COVID hit. And yeah. so okay. something that a lot of people don't realize, it was a lot of the feedback that we got was like, wow, you were able to put this together really fast. Because essentially what happened when COVID hit was everybody had to transition and and take their stuff and try to figure out how to put it online. Whereas what we had was this was something that we actually talked about in January, February um, with a, a lot of the instructors that you saw on the event. And um, I was like, I want to put something online and do it for free. And everyone's like, well, that's fucking crazy, but sure, we'll help you. Um, <laughs> and so I started putting it together and everyone's like, this is never going to work. Like, everyone's like, this is never going to work, but we'll do it anyways. And then COVID hit and everyone's like, are you some type of profit? Like, <laughs> oh, you know what? No, I think what we just discovered here is uh, uh, who the mastermind behind the COVID conspiracy is. I think You're you right. uh, you you I, helped I, the I, Chinese create COVID so you could have a successful summit. That is correct. That is what <laughs> that's. It, it is funny that that you you bring that up, but that is what happened. We actually had that planned prior to COVID, and then when COVID hit, it was basically. Well, I knew everybody was going to transition, so it was either shit or get off the pot. Either hammer it out and do it before everybody else, or wait and do it at a different time. And I'm not the kind of wait around person. I don't know if you can get that from our conversation here today, <laughs> but I don't. Uh, usually, if I if I have an I if there's something that I'm like I could probably accomplish that, I'm just going to go after it and see what happens. And yeah, I'm um, the same I was way. very lucky. I was very lucky in the fact that I have such an amazing network of supporters, of instructors, of companies. Um, I mean, I could, I would go on literally for the next hour talking about the amazing organizations that I've worked with to, to make that event happen. But at the end of the day, every single person that was a part of it did it for the same reason. And it's the same thing that we talked about at the beginning of this podcast was getting information out to officers that need it. And that is, that is a passion that as instructors, we share about wanting to just get good information out to people. And that was, that was the basis of what we did. We were able to raise a lot of money for cop line for officer mental health. 
over $15,000 for Copline. And that's something that we're rolling into every event that we do is everything that's profit outside of operational costs is going to actually be donated. So I don't know if that's a fantastic business model for ongoing operations, but essentially what's going to happen is once we pay the cost of putting the actual summit together, everything else is going to be donated to a charity or an NGO that supports um, a given uh, topic for, for whatever that event is. So for sex trafficking, obviously it's going to go to the NGOs. Um, if we're talking mental health, it's going to go to mental health organizations and things like that. So um, that's yeah, awesome. it's just, you know, again, it goes back to doing the right things for the right reasons and being passionate about what you do. And I, I've really, I've found success with that personally and professionally. And um, that would be, that would be my suggestion for anybody who's thinking about doing the same type of thing. You know, it's uh, sort of a silver lining. And I suspected that this was something you had planned prior to COVID because when I first saw it uh, advertised, I thought, man, that, that had to have taken a lot of, of orchestration behind the scenes. Uh, I didn't suspect it was just one of those, oh, we'll cobble it together just because COVID hit. Um, but that's kind of interesting to hear about, at least uh, for to, to know for certain that this uh, was something you had kind of had already in the works. But it's it's sort of a, a positive silver lining of this whole COVID thing is that it's really made training so much more accessible to everybody. Uh, and I hope that doesn't change. I mean, I certainly want to get back to normal. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm ready for 2020 to be over and, and hopefully 2021 is, is better. But uh, I hope as far as all, the accessibility and availability of all this online training out there and the quality of it, the high, high quality of the training that's out there right now, I hate to see that go away. I don't want to see that change. I don't think it will. I think, it's, I think there's going to be some learning curves that happen over the next six to 12 months. Um, I, I'm, we're basically working off of a hybrid model. So what we're going to be doing is, for example, you have a, an organization or a training company that is conducting training. We, there, there's never going to be a replacement for physical skills training for certain things. There's, you, right. you can't replace it. I can't teach you firearms on a webinar, right? right. I, if you've never, if, if you've never touched a firearm before, I can't teach you that over online. I can't do it. But there are certain things that we can teach. Um, and so what we do is we really take a hybrid approach is whatever we can utilize to do that distance learning type of training, we're going to find a way to do that and make it as good as humanly possible. Um, and then, you know, say, for example, we're doing firearms training. Who's to stop us from recording that training and showing it in context Two people to watch. Maybe you can't actually get the hands-on training, but guess what? You can see the skills. You can watch the instructor walk and talk through the actual iteration on the range. And maybe you have the ability to jump on a call, a live call and do a Q&A with them and say, hey, listen, I just watched this set a week ago and now I've tried it out. I took it to my range. I had Here's where I had issues. And they're able to troubleshoot that with you. So we're making it more accessible for people to get information and get access to instructors, whether or not it's going to change the way training's done overall. I can't say, I don't know. Um, all I know is that it, we, this has forced a lot of the technology um, to be enhanced to a way, a way that actually makes learning a lot easier for the individual officer. Um, and that's just a win. 
So as, as shitty as COVID-19 has been, it's, it's forced a lot of innovation, especially on the technology side, um, which is going to be around for a long time. And I think that's a, uh, an actual benefit to, to what's happening. Do you guys have plans to do, or maybe you're already doing this. I, I have to admit, I, I don't, uh, I didn't partake in anything in the Islet Summit this year, but do you like do individual breakout sessions in that? Or, you know, what is the, what is the average online group size that you're, you're doing? Yeah. So for Islet, we didn't have breakouts per se. We did a few round tables uh, where during the event, we did one or two. And then afterwards we did a, a handful uh, on a certain topic. So we basically said, Hey, if you attended uh, this session on use of force, uh, for example, we did use of force on the Thursday during the event. So again, going back to, I mean, Jesus, Scott and Tony are getting a lot of press out of this podcast. Um <laughs> Guys like Scott, Tony, um, Chris Butler, Bill Lewinsky, uh, Jason Civitano, you know, the, all those, the guys that were doing use of force training on the actual summit, they all came together for a live call on the Thursday and we fielded calls for three hours. And that one probably could have gone for at least another three, um, just based off of the, the amount of people that joined up to ask questions. Um, and so we did that after the event as well. And it's really based off of the event. Um, some of them are going to have a lot more interactions. For example, the NERC conference that we're running in November is going to be actually more workshop based. So there's a lot fewer instructors. Um, they're going to have it run a session and then there, there's going to be workbooks associated that people are going to get. They can either download or get them mailed to them and they do workbooks and then they work through them with the instructor and it's more of a workshop program done online. And so there's those type of events that we're doing as well. So there's everything from pre-recorded sessions to interview-based sessions to hybrids to fireside chats to roundtables to breakout sessions. Um, really, when it comes to online training, the world's your oyster. You can almost do anything you need to. The trick is, and where our expertise really lies, is finding out what format best facilitates the training. What What is the best way to relay this information to the attendee so that they retain the information. And, and that's the, it doesn't matter what training you're talking about, whether it's in person, online or whatever, that's the, the number one thing that we want is we want the retention of the actual knowledge. So being able to prioritize that when we build these training sessions out, it's, it's different every time, but it's different for a reason. Well, Hey man, you want to try something here a little bit different to I make mean, complete change of, uh, of course here for the show. But I, uh, I did this on my last episode that I had, and it was a lot of fun. I have this deck of cards. It's called Pod Deck. I don't know if you've heard of it. Not a sponsor, by the way. But uh, <laughs> there's just like random questions in this deck of cards. And you like pull a card out and ask a question. And it's kind of it's kind of a good chuckle. And maybe we can spend a, a few minutes doing that before we uh, close things out here. Sure. Hit me with one or two. All right. Let's do it. You have $100,000. You have to donate or create a charity. What do you do? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, <laughs> 100 grand is a lot in today. Uh, no, it's not, is it? Is that 100,000 American or 100,000 Canadian? Because if it's 100,000 American, that's 135,000 Canadian. Um, so okay. if, I'm, if I'm opening it in Canada, I'm going to assume I have $135,000 now. There you uh, go. That works. 
you know, one of the, I would probably mimic something that was, so my buddy, Terrence Kosaker, um, who's out in BC, he was a former fire rescue, had his battles with PTSD and depression and suicide. Um, he started a foundation called Camp My Way. And what they do is it's a camp for first responders and veterans, and they can go themselves. They can bring their families. And it's basically a wilderness retreat. Uh, it gets them out of the city, gets them away from technology, gets them back to nature. They do a lot of like meditation and breathing exercises. Um, and if you're not into that, you don't have to do it. You can literally go out there and just go fishing and hang out in the woods. But it's, it's really that reality check of, there's more to life than, than just, you know, what we're doing day to day. And, um, I would probably take that money and do something very similar where I am. Um, because I love the concept. I love being outdoors. I know, uh, you know, we had talked about this. I love, I mean, I spent a lot of time with the Canadian military. I spent a lot of time outside, uh, in training exercises. It like, whether we are camped out in the snow, um, or anywhere. And so I love being out in the wilderness and, um, I would take that and I would open up some type of, uh, foundation or or camp uh, for first responders and veterans to to be able to get away from everything. Man, that was a tough question to be asked on the spot, and that was a really good response. I don't know that I could have done that. I'm a, I'm a veteran. I'm a veteran at this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just just being having questions sprung on you. Uh, yeah, that sure. <laughs> All right. So you said you want one more. Yeah, give me one more. All right. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, I'm going to have to take this one back. I'm going to, I'm going to talk in context to what were our audiences here in, in law enforcement emergency response. Um, one of my mentors in training is Brian Willis. Brian is a, I lead a executive director. Um, he's yep. out of Calgary. Yep. Uh, just he's, he's cool, probably, dude. he's the most humble person I've ever met in my life. Um, just a, just an overall fantastic. I've never met somebody who said that, like who said a bad word about him. Um, and this is in law enforcement. So there's, and so you can imagine, and you know, he said to me, we did a, he was one of the first persons ever to, to put me through. Uh, it was actually a PPCT instructor course. Um, and he said this to me in training and he said, well, he said it to the entire class and it's stuck with me ever since is that you're not here to teach you're not here to show people what you can do. You're here to show them what they can do. Um, and Ooh, that, that is, is good. That is something that I've taken with me with every single training course that I've ever done is that just because I'm the best at doing something, just because I can take somebody and flip them or manipulate them in some way or, you know, hurt them or control them or be faster in, in some training exercise, that doesn't mean anything. It's, it doesn't mean anything. it's about what I can show. It's what I can get them to do with their body um, so that they're able to perform that skill when they need to do it. And that's a, that's a learning curve for any new instructor. That's the biggest thing that you have to learn is because a lot of us get into training, especially if you're like in use of force. If you're a use of force instructor, you probably have a martial arts background. You've probably been in this kind of thing for a while and you can handle yourself fairly well. Otherwise you wouldn't be interested in being in that position. And so a lot of the times we get out there and we're like, yeah, this is, this is how you do this. And this is how you do that. That's great and all. And it's good that you can show competency in what you're teaching, but that's not what you're there to do. You're there to teach the student so that they're able to be proficient at that skill. And, um, and so for a piece of advice, I think the, the one that's guided my career the most 
um, would be that it's that you're not there to show them what you can do. You're there to show them what they can do. That's really good. I'm going to have to keep that one for myself. Brian, Brian Willis is a great guy. I've actually, I've sat in on his training before. Uh, I want to say it was an under sheriff's conference that he came and spoke at here in Colorado one year. Um, and he's, he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's, he's all, I'm, I'm so, I'm so honored and, and lucky to, to call him a friend and, and to, to have him as a mentor and as a resource um, when we put these kind of things together, because uh, he's definitely, he's definitely one of the best in the world uh, for sure. So um, listen, man, I, this has been, this has been a ton of fun and that's, and that's what happens, right? You just start, start talking and, and uh, we've, we've, we've solved all the world problems. Listen, man, we're, Right now, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, whether they're listening to your show or my show, what's the what's the best place for them to get a hold of you? Absolutely. So you can go check out the website. It's psi.chat for public safety innovators. Or you can email me at PSI or excuse me, Adam at PSI.chat. Um and LinkedIn is where I spend most of my time on social media because as I mentioned, I absolutely hate social media. Uh so I really uh don't spend a whole lot of time, at least from a business sense, on uh, Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. But you can find me uh, on social media as Adam Wills, W-I-L-L-S. Um, and I'd love to connect with people there. Awesome, brother. I love that. And yeah, for for us, it's it's a little weird because we're in the middle of transitioning to a whole new platform and website. So for if you're listening to the podcast and you want to get more on the podcast, uh, the podcast website is thebreakdown.ca. Obviously, CA because we're up here in Canada. Uh, so the breakdown.ca. Um, and then all of this talk you've heard about summits and training and everything there. Um, the resource link for that will be ILET.network. So ILET.network, because what we're really doing is creating this network of training, of trainers, of organizations that's super passionate about training in this space. So uh, when this episode rolls out, you can check out that website. It's up there right now as like a in construction mode. Um, but as soon as that gets rolled out, you'll be able to go there for all of the resources for all the events. There'll be a, an app that you could download to your phone that gets you access to all of the training and all the instructors. And uh, so there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff there. So I'm excited to be able to roll that out. Sweet. I'm looking forward to that, man. Listen, dude, this has been a ton of fun. I'm excited. We should definitely do this again. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really, really honored to, to have you on our show and, and to be able to be a part of your show. Uh, again, yeah, likewise. This is just, you know, sharing knowledge and, and information and, and talking with uh, somebody else who shares your passion is always a, always a good time. So we'll have to do this again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on and thanks for, for joining me on my show. Right on, brother. We'll talk soon. All right. See you. All right. That wraps up another episode here on Tactical Breakdown. If you like what you're hearing, if you're enjoying the content and finding it actionable and useful, consider subscribing to the podcast. You're going to stay up to date on all of the current events with law enforcement training around the world. And if you haven't already heard about the International Law Enforcement Training Summit, you need to jump over to ILETSummit.com. Check that out. The live version is done and gone. That took place in July 2020. But you have the ability to get lifetime access to all of the training that's been developed for a very, very, very low price. Make sure to use the promo code BREAKDOWN to save even more. Check that out at ILETSummit.com. Thanks again for being here with us at the Tactical Breakdown. And until next time, stay safe.
produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.